0: 2 Samuel chapter 23 and I'm just going to read a few verses I'm going to read verses 14 through verse 17 2 Samuel chapter 23 verse 14 through verse 17 and when you have it in your Bible or your smart device I want you to signify by saying I have the bread." bread and David was then in a hold and the garrison of the Philistines was then in Bethlehem David longed and said oh that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem which is by the gate and the three mighty men broke through the host of Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem and that was by the gate they took it and brought it to David nevertheless he would not drink thereof but he poured it Unto the Lord, and all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. Only way to your seat, tell somebody, Pour it out. You can be seated in the presence of the Lord, Pour it out. Uh, in my downtime to to debrief from all of the chaotic stuff that we deal with as preachers and bastards, um, I often go on. Don't y'all judge me for this. I often go on a Netflix bitch. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I watch television. Not often, but when I need to escape the reality of the weight of all the stuff I deal yeah. with, I learn to watch cartoons and documentaries. You know, um, you know, some saints like to watch mafia movies. I've seen enough mafia in church. I don't watch <laughs> yeah. I, I I want to watch something with color and something that encourages me. Um, when I went to college, I went to college for history. I wanted to be a history teacher, and so I really love history and even more African American history. And so I found this Netflix series uh, named Self Made, and I I just fell in love with it. I fell in love with this movement because I knew the character that it was based upon, Madame C. J. Walker. One of the first African American multimillionaires in a time where segregation and people were oppressed, she still found a way to make it and be successful. But I have a challenge with the title that this Netflix series chose to use for this series. They entitled it Self Made. Self Made. Well, I do want to honor her. And her accomplishments and not take anything away from this historical figure. But the question is, was she really self-made? Because to say self-made says, I did it myself. I did it myself and by myself. But the closer you look and analyze her history and her journey, you realize that the only reason why she knew how to make these hair products It's because she worked under a woman by the name of Addie Malone. Yes. And Addie taught her how to do the business. Well, the way people knew about it because of her marketing, but her marketing manager was the masterful C.J. Walker, which was her husband, and she took his name, Madam C.J. Walker. And no one could deny her daughter, really played a great part in helping her expand and increase her business. So self-made may not be the best title to use for this movie because the truth is we've all got help from somebody. You know, David says in my haste, you know, in me having a moment, I said that all men are liars. But I need you to look at somebody and tell them somebody helped me. No, no, somebody helped me. And we see this in the latter part of David's life here in 2 Samuel chapter 23. It even makes reference that these are David's last words. That mean, if you ever get close to somebody who's dying, you got to listen closely because the words of a dying man will stick with you for the rest of your life. And he uses his last breaths to do what? He uses his last breaths to give honor. To give, to give honor. Yes. You know, we know David, Psalm 27, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. But he uses his last breath that says, not only am I giving glory to God, what God has done, but I'm giving glory to God for who he used. Mm. For, who, for who he used. And maybe and maybe some of us need to take a lesson from David because oftentimes our church vernacular is consumed in who has stabbed us, who left us, who walked out on us, but every once in a while you got to celebrate those who stayed. Oftentimes I grew up in church and I would hear preachers fuss about the people who didn't come to church that night, but they will be fussing at the people who actually, Who actually there? (laughs) I don't know where the people at, we right here, Bishop. We right here. We we count, Bishop. (laughs) Some of us had the same Bishop. I see. (laughs) They might be sitting beside you, so don't shout too loud. (laughs) He began to talk about the people that God brought into His life. The Bible even says that these ministry gifts that we and these titles we fight over. The Bible says He gave gifts to men. He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and some teachers. That They are gifts. Even the Bible says your gift will make room for you. And when you get a revelation that your leader is a gift, you'll handle them differently. Oh, y'all not saying none of them in here. I said, when you get a revelation that your leader is a gift, that they didn't have to stay, they didn't have to preach, they didn't have to encourage then you'll you'll, you'll handle them different because oftentimes these are the individuals in your life that God will use as everlasting doors Doors that will perpetually be set up in your life that generations of your family can draw from. Come on, y'all, talk to me there. There is a mother in Zion, hallelujah, that operated as a midwife to you when you got filled with the Holy Ghost. Now you were the first, or your grandmother was the first in your family. And now there are generations that are among the sanctified because God used one person as a door. My God, I need you to look at somebody and tell them, I thank God for you. I thank, I thank God I thank God for the people who stuck it out with me when it wasn't convenient I'm thankful for the people who supported me before I became popular I'm thankful for the people who prayed for me and didn't ask me no questions I thank God for the saints that rubbed me on the back and they knew I was going through something I thank God for Pentecostal handshakes because somebody discerned I got to church but my gas tank was on E I thank God for the people that God used maybe y'all don't know how to celebrate but you ought to celebrate for the people who covered you when they could have exposed you David says I celebrate I celebrate the men that fought with me when it was inconvenient for them I pray you find those kind of friends And I'm going to tell you how you find those kind of friends. Be that kind of friend. Y'all better learn. You better learn to have grace with folk you better be the friend that you want to have if you have to go through the same situation I know you think it would never be you but you're not dead yet you don't know what you're going to have to face in life you don't know what you're going to have to deal with in life and the bible says be not deceived God is not my whatsoever man so that shall he also read I was sick and didn't nobody check on me I was broken didn't nobody call me how many people did you call how many hospital business did you make when you were on your good and up. Ye who are spiritual, restore them. I need you to look to the left and the right, tell them, have grace on everybody. Have grace on everybody. Because this situation can flip and I'm not talking about tomorrow. Situations can flip by tonight. Come on. So David is giving God praise and acknowledging Acknowledging the individuals who stay loyal to him, who showed loyalty in the midst of war times and challenging times. He talks about Shamma, and how when the enemy was trampling the harvest of the people of God, how Shamma stood in the middle of the field by himself and he fought. Uh, he brought up the individuals that stood with him and hid with him in the cave of Adullam see many people were short with David in the palace huh? but they won't be with him in the cave <laughs> you got to watch the people hallelujah who stuck with you when you had nothing and see what happens now some of y'all get brand new when new people come into your life you skip over older people who've shown themselves you got to be very careful you got to be very careful because some of us elevate people in our lives too quickly because the friends you've had didn't say what you wanted them to say they didn't say what you wanted to hear but the bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend come on somebody you need people in your life that will tell you the truth even when it afflicts you you need people who will tell you about your nasty attitude and you need people to tell you when you say God showed me you say you know that won't God God ain't gonna give you nobody else's husband come on you need to be honest with people and tell them the truth but we don't want prophets we want soothsayers But real prophets, there's no amount of money you can put on at their feet or put in their hand to change God. Messages. God is coming for the witches. huh? God is coming for the sorcerers. He's going to expose the sorcerers on platforms with microphones. Just because they tell your business don't mean it's coming from the right source and with the right motives. And many of us will abandon sober voices. Many of us will abandon sound doctrine and sound counsel because we heap to ourselves teachers. I don't want a teacher that I own. I don't want a prophet that I can control. I want somebody that will cry loud and spam them. I need about 50 people in here to open up your mouth, and you got a pastor that will correct you. I need somebody, if you got people in your life that love you beyond your gift, they love you beyond your talent. I need to hear the sound of all of those who got sat down. Uh, okay. <laughs> I don't think you should be elevated, good, until you've been sat down. I, don't, don't, don't scream loud, cause everybody don't know when to praise, and I don't want you to make anybody nervous. Just touch three people, tell them he didn't let me get away with. He didn't let me get away. He didn't let me get away. He didn't. He whispered in the ear of my preacher I got to church on Sunday and they might as well call my name out he didn't let me get out. one of the old saints walked over and said sin 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 he didn't let me I tell y'all y'all don't know when to praise I tell you, you don't know when to praise y'all hate it no the reason why you should praise because the Bible says God only takes the time to chasten those Oh my! I t- that's a reason to praise him because if he ignored me it may be he's finished with me but the mere fact that he took the time that's a praise moment he took the time to correct me it means I haven't messed up so bad that I can't recover uh, David said I thank you for loyal people y'all be seated and I I thank God for loyal people I thank God for loyal people. I thank God for loyal people. I thank God for the people, hallelujah, that didn't need all the details to intercede for me. I thank God for loyal people. I thank God for loyal people who when they sat at the table with other people, hallelujah, and other people brought up my name, even in my absence they shut it down. I thank God for lawyer people. See, some of you too knows it to shut it down. You want to sit in here and ask questions and interview. But lawyer people are loyal even in the absence of those that they love. There's a uh, shut it down. Uh-uh. You know that's my pastor, don't you? You know that's my friend. You know that's my prayer partner. You can talk about other people. Uh, you can talk about me. But don't you put your mouth on them. Look y'all in got week there used to be a time When we was growing up we said you don't talk about my leader You don't talk about... We used to say that but now we're talking about our leader And you can never draw effectively From a place you don't honor Something is insane about you That you will sit up under a leader That you'll criticize Something is crazy about you You eat from a table for free then, talk about the food. <laughs> David said, y'all were loyal. But while he's going, why he's going through this discography of individuals, he makes this small reference in these three verses. I remember the day that I was just sitting there talking to myself. And I said. I wish I had some of that water from Bethlehem. I mean from that well that was over by the gate. You know my hometown. See the only challenge with this. Is at this moment Bethlehem is being. Controlled. By the Philistines. By the enemy. Um, often um. Uh, I take a trip to Israel once or twice a year, and even to this day, when I get ready to take uh, those pilgrims, uh, those individuals who went with me to Israel, when I get ready to take them to Bethlehem, my Israeli tour guide has to get off the bus because Bethlehem, even today, is a part of the Palestinian Authority. At one time, Bethlehem was a Christian community, Christian and and Jewish community. But now Bethlehem is Islamic. It's uh, it's a strong Arab culture. And so we end up going through a security gate uh, just to get into the birthplace of Jesus. It's not about the land. Anytime you watch the news and you're trying to find out whose side to be on, it's not about the land. It's about the promise. Mm. Some of you, your warfare. <laughs> tell your neighbor, it ain't about the job. They could have the job if it was about the job. It ain't about the house. They could have the house. It ain't about the position in the church. They could take the position and go somewhere and start another church. Scream at somebody tell them, it's about the promise. And David is just talking to himself out loud. Hope I'm not boring y'all with this. Y'all stay with me. I'm going somewhere. He's talking about it out loud. But these loyal men overheard David. And they said, let's go get that water. Let's go get that water. I just have a few points and I'll finish. Number one. To what extreme are you willing to go to please God? So now, many of us grew up in a very hyper law based culture, right? We who grew up in holiness, holiness, Pentecostal holiness, apostolic Pentecostal holiness if you asked us what do you need to do to be saved it depend on which one of our churches you were in I know what y'all going to say you some said repeat after me Then the other said no Acts 238 but then if y'all think about it even Acts 238 wasn't enough to really be saved don't get nervous y'all I know where I'm at tonight Then it was the holiness standard. I know Pastor Glenn, you didn't come up. People don't believe it, but you didn't come up. You didn't start in this strict holy way. That's why you're pure. (laughs) Y'all don't hear what I'm saying? Because some of us got a lot of mixture. We got more of our denomination in us than we got God (laughs) sometimes. And it's hard for us to believe that somebody outside of us could have something. But scream at somebody, tell them, you don't have a monopoly on God. Your bishop don't have a monopoly on God. Your apostle don't have no monopoly on God. He got a sheep that of another foe. It was the standard. And so for some of us, if you're like me, Bishop Williams, I wore my first pair of shorts maybe four or five years ago. Hear me. Because that was being saved. And I'll be honest, I still have some standard about me. And even though I wore them a few years ago, I don't wear them every day. I still got some standard about me. I don't feel comfortable in short sleeve shirts. I'll wear them sometime. But if you grew up like we did, there's some cultural norms and standards that have been put on us. And I realized that some of it actually saved my life. It created barriers for me. But the challenge was we start making our personal convictions synonymous with biblical doctrine. (sighs) But now we have excelled. We have accelerated in biblical knowledge and and commentaries. That we understand that some of the dogma is not necessarily soteriology. It's not necessarily salvation. Right? Right? But sometimes it seems like our culture does this. We either all the way over here or all the way over here. Yes, we're not saved by works. It's taken me a long time to get that revelation and I'm still unpacking it. Why? Because I've been working for it all my life. So to tell me I don't have to work to be saved is complicated for me. So I'm trying, I'm still in the process. So y'all pray for me, Dr. Lane. Y'all pray for me. I'm still trying to find out what does grace mean for me? That we are in a dispensation called grace. So I'm trying to embrace it. But my challenge with it is because I'm seeing a generation that is turning the grace of God And to lasciviousness. Yes. When we sin. God gives us grace. And when sin abounds. Grace much more abounds. But Paul asked a question. In Romans chapter 6. Verse number 1. Shall. We continue in sin. That grace may abound. God forbid, how, how, how can we who are dead to sin live any longer, therein? I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, grace just don't catch you when you fall. Tell them grace can keep you from falling. I wish I had a witness It. oh, y'all don't want to talk to me. Y'all don't want to be honest because we have made grace weak, but grace is not weak. Grace, grace ain't weak. Y'all be seated. I'm just talking. And so then, because of this understanding, we are now trying to discover how much of a sinner we can still be and still yet be saved. We're trying to figure out, we're trying to figure out what that's still permissible for us to hold on to from our last life. See, when we were coming up, the oldest saint says, come out from among them and be ye separate. But we're trying to find out where I got to have balance, balance, balance. See, somebody else's balance can put you in hell. And many of us keep falling because we're trying to balance on the edge. Shh. So my my point to these intercessors tonight is what extreme are you willing to go? Not just to be saved. Not just to check the box to make sure I miss hell. What extreme are you willing to go to please God? Somebody lift your hands and say, Lord, I just wanna please you. I just, at the end of the day, I want to please God if the people don't clap when you walk in the room as long as you're pleasing God Hallelujah people don't brag about you as long as you are pleasing God I want to please him I want I want to after he has snatched me out of the jaws of Satan I want to please him I want I don't have to be a bishop I don't have to be an apostle but it's important to me that after all of this he's pleased to please God I'm not trying to find out what I can get away with I want to I want to please God There is a There's a story that says This uh, professional Violinist was playing In a concert in a symphony hall And at the end of this concert It was rampacking and the people jumped up And they were clapping and they were oh, wow. Encore come back out Encore and he walked off the stage With his head in, in, the, in the lock of his shoulders And when he got on the backstage uh, The stage manager said Do you hear the people? Wow Do you hear the people? He said I didn't do good I didn't do good So said what do you mean? Don't you hear the crowd? You? He said I didn't do good He said but listen at the people He says but look at the man on the front row He said, the man on the front row, he's sitting down with his arms folded. He said, man, how are you going to let one person on the front row tell you you're not doing good with all them people clapping? He said, because the person on the front row is my teacher. And if everybody else think you're doing good, but Jesus is still seated. If everybody think you get the next best thing and God is not moved, that means you're not pleasing him. Somebody scream, I want to please God. If David is thirsty, just go over there and get him some water. But they went across the enemy's lines to get, they had to fight to get David what he wanted. What have you had to fight through? To give God. What he wants out of your life. Who if you have to fight. Just to please God. And I'm going to ask you this question. And most of you won't be honest. But how many times have you had to fight yourself. Because. You haven't pleased God. Until you've learned. That you've had to deny yourself. We have an Unhealthy theology when it comes to suffering in the sanctified church now, not the old church this present church because this present church is a 72 hour turnaround and if it don't turn around in 72 hours that means you miss God but we were taught that there are times in your life you're going to have to suffer long that means you're going to have to go through some things longer than you wanted to what happens when God requires something out of and you have to Oh my God. What happens when God tells you Abraham bring me your son and lay him down It's a self-denying way so when you start going into I feel and I think shh, What extreme are you going And the reason why I said self because we're always rebuking the devil And saying it is real C.S. Lewis says one of the greatest tricks of the enemy is either for us to blame him for everything or for us to believe that he has nothing to do with anything. So no, Satan is very real, but we have Satan, we have the world, and we have our carnal nature, and all three of them are not the same. So sometime when we say, saying, I rebuke you, Satan, I rebuke you, Satan, I rebuke you, Satan, you need to say, I rebuke you, Keisha, I rebuke you, Keisha. I, bre- I rebuke you Wayne come on sometimes you got have you had to rebuke yourself you up at blaming the devil when the bible says when a man is drawn away he's drawn up by his own lust <laughs> moments in your life you got to rebuke yourself so the question is how willing are you go- how far are you willing to go even in self denial to please God Then you don't even know what he requires if you're not postured to hear. All of my note takers, you need to write that down. Remain postured to hear. They were in close enough proximity. Hear me? They were in close enough proximity to hear David's dialogue with himself. Because we all talk to ourselves. But we don't talk that loud to ourselves. Now, if you do, amen, amen. You know, because it's usually, Lord, I got to go to work today. I mean, oh, man, I got to feel, I got to go by the grocery store. Lord, let me remember. That's usually how we talk to ourselves. These men were close enough to hear his desires. And this is what I'm telling you. This is an intercessors conference. God can't trust you to be Abigail. He can't trust you to be Moses that gets in the middle if you're not close enough to his lips to hear his desires. So you can't be an intercessor and a gossiper. God don't trust people with information who don't have capacity. because when you pray for people let me tell you something when I walked on the stage tonight and I hugged Pastor Glenn see I don't do that uh, church stuff that hey doc how you I don't do that stuff and and if y'all do it that's between you and your friends I don't do it because sometimes it comes off superficial to me hey doc how many members y'all got who cares how much money y'all raised what does it matter if God ain't being glorified And sometimes you can pick up in your spirit when folk can have conversations about you and they try to cover it up with spirituality and church jargon. Just because I'm silent don't mean I'm dumb. Just because I didn't say nothing don't mean I didn't pick it up. How many times you have to walk in a room and speak to people who hope you fail? screaming somebody tell them I got discernment I got discernment I, just because I didn't say nothing I know your works I saw you when you walked in the door come on sometime when people join the church everybody like, oh we got a new member but people who got discernment say uh-huh who sent you uh-huh. I, I'm going to speak to you I'm going to love you and I'm going to keep you close I want you to know I got my eyes on you you came with an agenda Shana Shana Messiah God told me to tell the intercessors it's time for you to get up and uproot some stuff in your church God wants some armor bearers in the spirit and I'm not talking about people who carry your preacher's bible we don't need no more adjutants. we need some intercessors that know how to get in the gap and cover your leader from the spirit of the assassin somebody will cover your leader from Hallelujah. Some people come on agenda and they come under the agenda. I just came to serve. I don't want no title. Now, at my church, I was an elder, but I don't come to. I, I see your works. Because you done left a blood trail in the last churches you've been in. And you will never, God got me saying this. I'm going to go out here. And you will never get brownie points with me tearing down the last church you came from. Because my question is, how long did you stay and what did you say when you were there? Mm. Mm. Don't, bring, don't come bringing no stuff about another pastor to me. Hallelujah. Huh. They were close enough to the ear of David to know his desires. And that's why uh, you all, I just came, la- I think it was last week. Uh, my, my sleep schedule and everything is kind of off. Last week we were in our church for seven days. Every year I go in to our church and I shut in for seven days. of fasting and praying. I come off the road. You know why? Because I don't want to think I know. You hear me? I don't want to think I know what God is requiring out of me in this season. So every year when I come into the Jewish New Year, 5784. Now, you know, I have a we have a celebration in January for the rest of the world. But in September, God gives us a prophetic advantage. When the world is waiting for the ball to drop, we'll already be in it. So in September, when the climate is changing and the weather is shifting, I'm on my face while people are buying pumpkins and jack-o'-lanterns and I'm saying, God, what is it that you want for the next season of my life? Because I don't want to think I know. Because if you think you know what God has said and you still committed to what he said instead of what he's saying, you're going to kill your promise. Uh Uh-oh. How many leaders have totally killed their ministries? Husbands have killed their marriages and their families because they were committed to what they heard. But didn't keep their ears close to hear what he's saying. See, man should not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceedeth. look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor he's still talking. He's still talking. You gotta stay close because if Abraham would have only did what God said, Abraham would have killed Isaac. Oh my goodness. Because God told y'all, come on, talk to me here. God told him, lay him down. So if he would have said, okay, if the angel said, stop. Oh no, I got to go, I got to obey God. That's what God said at first, but what is he saying now? And now we got our church obligated to a schedule of a past season. and this is what is going to change in this season God is getting ready to expose who is his fans versus who is his followers (laughs) we got a whole lot of fans of Jesus as a matter of fact this message right here it starts clearing out the fans I got some people in here right sitting. They hurry up now, saying it won't be long from now. No, nope. <laughs> that's not what this is about right now. You right, it ain't gonna be long from now when you start putting yourself on the altar. You right, it ain't gonna be long from now when you start finding out what God wants. What does God want? What is He requiring? or you a fan or you a follower as long as he's passing out fish sandwiches they are behind him but when he starts saying stuff like eat my flesh <laughs> and drink my blood and I come to tell you glory be to God there's another generation that's rising and they're going to obey God glory be to God. I said there's a nation if you live in it you know you're in that nation I want to hear you release a sound in this room I'm going to obey God I'm in too deep now. Woo. I said, I'm in too deep. I got to look at somebody. Tell him I, I got to obey God. I have experienced life in disobedience. I've experienced what rebellion looks like. But scream at somebody. Tell him I got to obey God. They brought it to him. They, his followers brought him the water. And when they brought him the water, David was shocked. Imagine they could have lost their lives. They went in there to fight their way in, then get to the well. The others had to cover the one that was getting the water out and fight while the one is drawing water. And then they got to fight to get out of it. And then they get to David, and David is half asleep. And they said, Hey, David, we got you some water. He said, oh, Okay. Now we got you some Bethlehem water. What? Yeah, we got you some of that. Water from Bethlehem. He says, how did you even know? We heard you. We got you that water from Bethlehem. David said, what? You risk your life to get me that water? What? He said, give me that water. And you know what he said? (sighs) Imagine if you had risked your life To get this for David And then he poured it out He says because I'm not worthy of that The only one that's worthy Of that kind of sacrifice He gave what Leviticus calls A libation you have your burnt offerings that come with libation. You have your grain offering that comes with libation. The libation is a liquid offering. But a drink offering was preserved for when they came into the promise. Oh, he says, once you come into the land of promise, and I have brought you through a season That could have killed you Once you come into the land of promise When I brought you into a place That others did not survive He says then get something liquid Shh. And pour Pour it out mm. Pour it out Pour it out Because the only one That's worthy Of of water from Bethlehem is the one that is water from Bethlehem. The only one that is worthy of the potential blood of men is the one who prophetically would bleed for those men. I came for the intercessors to tell you tonight. There's one more poor. Hey! There's another. There is a reserve in you. I come to tell the preachers and the prophets. There's a reserve in you. There's something you've been holding back because of your age. It's something you've been holding back because time is going by. It's something that you've been holding back because you feel like you've already given so much the floor of church on the floor of ministry but God says there's a reserve that I want out of you tonight yes there's a promise I'm bringing you to but you cannot come into that promise unless you're willing to pour out I need somebody in this room to lift up your hands all over this place and open up your mouth and begin to pour out begin to pour out begin to pour out begin to pour out, to pour out. there's another it's a pour pour out Poor, poor. You're holding on to it as so though it belongs to you. I gave you those children. Now pour them out as a drink offering. Oh Shana. I gave you that assignment. I gave you that gift. Now pour it out as a drink offering. I didn't come for everybody, but at least 72 of you in this room. You know that Zion has been propelling you to a deeper place in him. You don't just want a church experience, you want a fresh God experience. I want you to get on your feet right now and lift up those hands and open up your mouth and travail, 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 travail. travail. I feel the Holy Ghost here I tell you I'm on my last trip of the year and I know God told me to tell you to pour out tonight pour, pour out the Holy Ghost of God. I feel the new of God blowing in this place. The rock of God is blowing in the number of do you see? There's a reserve. There's a reserve in you. There's a reserve. Many of you feel like you have plateaued, but the Lord says there's another climb. There's a reserve. Whew. And many of us, and and this is what I hear the Holy Ghost saying tonight, many of us, the fear of this poor is because of PTSD. We, we, are, we are carrying trauma because of what has happened in times past. But I want you to lay hands on somebody's shoulder and I want you to speak this over them, tell them it's going to be different this time. But tell her it's on the other side of your poor. Ooh, it's on the other side. It's it's oh it's on the other side. Ah, a double cushion. It's on the other side of your core. What is it that you're holding back? God said that's what I want what is it that you got in reserve God says that's what I want there's a fresh yes that's coming out of you there's a fresh yes hey 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 there's another level of glory there's another weight that's about to hit your life but you got to pull out you got to pull out the Bible says man shall not live by bread alone but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God I pray that you are blessed by the message today And if you want to continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and even more gospel messages, I encourage you to follow our YouTube channel or subscribe to our podcast. And today we want to give you an opportunity to partner what we're doing domestically here at our local church and what we're doing all over the world. There are ways to give. And remember, when you sow, that seed may leave your hand, but it'll never leave your life. The Bible declares to us that when we sow, seeds are connected to harvest. Well, I want you to remember that I know what it feels like to cry until you have no more tears left to cry, but after you finish crying, don't stop, get up and keep going.